Hey you guys, it's Kilowatt. Good morning. I am alive. <laughs> I have survived the throes of death. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, there's something really interesting about uh, experiencing such intense uh, things all close together. Uh, and that's partially... I can explain it a lot about uh, all of these random events occurring all at the same fucking time. All based out of one focal point. <clears throat> like one area of life which usually has to do um, like in astrology when we break it up into areas of life it's like the houses. And right now um, Saturn and Pluto are conjunct in, well, right at the IC, moving into my fourth house of family, the home, having to do with the mother, also children, <laughs> although that's mainly the fifth house, so I guess not really, but I mean, basically the home and family, place of origin. Anyway, uh, I have a stellium, so like all my life energy... Uh, is basically packed into my third house, Sagittarius. <laughs> Communication. I'm very philosophical. It's ruled by Jupiter. Um, but when you have a stellium, it's, it's like a lot of your planets are in one specific spot of your chart. And usually what happens with that is a transit will happen. So... You know, it could be Mars or, you know, Mercury or Venus. Or in this case, it's Pluto, which is, like, pretty cool. I had Pluto rip through my stellium um, pretty early on in my life. So I've had a lot of, like, crazy shit go down. On the plus side, when these things happen, it's, it's like, it kind of lights up like a little, like a like a pinball machine or like a little circuit board. And when a planet will transit over, like rotates over the place in the sky where my life energy is, it lights up like a little circuit board. <coughs> and then it'll pass and it like, it'll feel like, like kind of a lull. Um, of course there's squares and oppositions, but nothing as strong as like a conjunction, you know, um, squares and oppositions are intense and fucked up and difficult. But the conjunction is like you're so close to the energy you can't even differentiate where you started or where it ends. Um, and so right now I'm just being impacted by the releasing of old beliefs. I'm letting go of um, identities that I've held for a long time. I'm letting go of the need to control things and just accepting what it is because that's really all we can do. I mean, you can't control the ocean, you know, you just have to kind of roll with it. And I mean, that's beautiful, but also kind of scary. But I mean, that's just, you know, part of life. And I think the interesting thing about going through darker times is just the fact that you have this ability to 
laugh about it. Like, it, there's a really fine line between, like, hysteria <laughs> and, and like, comedy and, like, you know, losing your shit. I think there's a reason why Robin Williams was so funny and so good at being funny. Why Jim Carrey was so good at, you know, when he was making a lot of comedy movies and just making all of us laugh. He also had, like, a really dark side. And I think to tap into that source where we can just, like, laugh at the dark humor of things is just to realize how absurd it is to try and control anything in your life. Um, And probably one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle with control issues. I mean, jealousy is a factor in a lot of relationships. And that's usually... That stems from something of like a place of fear and a desire to control the outcome of your connection with another human. But really, you're never going to have any control over anybody because people usually do whatever the fuck they want anyway. So, I mean, it's kind of pointless. (coughs) Anyway, I was just thinking about that this morning. I'm driving up to the hospital. I'm not going to go into everything about that right now. I just think it's, it needs to stay private. Um, but I guess I just, the last couple days have realized that it doesn't, you're never going to expect the worst moments. They're just going to happen and you're never going to see the best thing coming because it's the same kind of energy. It's just shocking or, or a surprise, you know, and it helps keep you grounded when you think that you are, you know, like maybe having a few too many pity parties. It has a way of grounding you and making you realize things could always be worse. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So I want to tell you a story about my childhood because it feels like uh, the place of origin, my fourth house type thing, uh, feels fitting to discuss my childhood. Um, when I was young, I was blessed with a beautiful, smart, adventurous mother, uh, who was very talented in roaming. She was very good at roaming or like. <laughs> sporadically deciding that she'd like to move to another state. Uh, so we moved a lot. Like as a kid, I moved a lot. I lived in, um, my very first, uh, house off of an orange ranch in Ojai, California. And I lived there, uh, on the ranch with my mom and my aunt who shared the house next door as caretakers of this property and it was perfect. I ran around barefoot. I ate oranges, laid in the sun, picked honeysuckles, dangled from trees, hunted for tadpoles. Like it was a really great period of time in my life. And then we moved to Arizona. Tucson, Arizona was awesome. It was beautiful. It was dry and hot. And initially I was, um, kind of a loner. I mean, I guess I always have been a little bit. I just do better when I keep to myself. Um, I'm very funny and charming 
but like in small doses because it can be kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't ever shut up. I'm a jabber box. I might have mentioned that my life energy is based out of the third house that deals with communication. Also, media, social media explains why I have such a strong online presence and a desire to do digital art. Uh, just, you know, fun shit like that. Also, short distance travels. So ironic that I'm a bus driver. Um, but yeah, I loved Tucson and I was a jabber box and I spent most of my time as a kid in the libraries because one thing that schools always have are libraries. Um, and that's probably why I'm obnoxiously smart with like little details that don't like people don't really need to know that shit. But I just, I always wondered like before we had Google, there were books and, uh, you know, like a card catalog system type thing. Um, Anyway, I'm fucking tired. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Um, So in Arizona, I stayed at this really cool, um, like an Adobe home almost. I mean, it was like fucking super cool. It was like Mexican tile flooring. It was, I mean, all the places that I've lived, I've been very lucky. My mom is um, Capricorn energy, lots of heavy Capricorn So they do tend to appreciate the finer things of life. And I found that every place that I've ever had with her has always been really beautiful and always in a nice setup. Um, She doesn't ever, she would never, ever, ever allow me to live in a shithole. She, she hated that concept. She wanted to always have nice things. So we always, I mean, if it was more in rent, she'd just work extra hard. Um, or she would wait till she found something perfect. Like she wouldn't move until she found something she genuinely liked, which is cool. Cause it makes me a little bit pickier when I'm, you know, looking for my own home. Um, when we left Tucson, that's where I had a lot more difficulty with bullying. I was bullied quite a bit when I moved to Casa Grande. Um, mainly cause I was one of the only native kids in town, And so from a really young age, I experienced racism, like profound racism. The fucking principal put me in a special ed class for native children that he created. And it was just me and another kid. And and it was like really uh, like they were segregating us from the other kids. And they tried to make it. They didn't even know what my heritage was. Okay, they didn't know what type of Indian I was or Native American I was. They just fucking stuffed me in this class and started teaching random facts about Native kids. Um, And my mom found out about it uh, because I was getting picked on. You know, it was pretty fucking horrible. Um, My mom found out about it, went into the school, raised hell, told him that if he didn't pull me out of that fucking class or shut the fucking program down, she would sue everyone. So needless to say, I was only in there for a little bit, but it left a flavor um, for the other kids to just kind of take rein and start bullying me. And I remember they used to egg my house and I remember um, not being invited to birthday parties and not being allowed to play with other kids. And uh, it was awful. Like it was really bad. And so I kind of got scarred from that. 
And when I moved to California, I kept to myself. After we left Casa Grande, um, I lived with my grandpa and my step-grandmother, Elaine, down in San Diego. Actually, Chula Vista, at the very top of the hill, by the Thriftway, at the base of the McDonald's, and a water tower right next to us. And I remember feeling like, uh, I remember packing for California, and I swear to God, it was the 90s, okay? So just bear with me. I imagined my mother and I uh, holding hands and playing on a beach, wearing white spandex shorts, listening to, like, Tim McGraw. Like, just fucking country music life. That's what I thought California would be. And what I got was really over-commercialized, very snotty kids, uh, like, who thought I was so weird. Because, of course, like, I was that ponytail, straight-banged kid. Like, I just fucking had that look. Like, uh, there was a movie with Mandy Moore... Uh, that she played a gal that was terminal and the look that she had, she was this very like protected Christian gal and the look that she had that, that in that movie, the very beginning of the movie, she was just very homely looking. And I remember like, I was like, as soon as I saw that, I, that was like my whole childhood. I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Low ponytail, straight bang all the way. That, that was my fucking jam. So I would hide in the library. I would keep to myself. I was weird as fuck. Very imaginative. Very creative. I did a lot of writing. Um, tons of reading. <coughs> and I just like slowly grew into like a very quiet, intelligent young gal. When I got to California, my mom decided she wanted to live in Oregon because she didn't really enjoy looking for anything she could afford that she liked there. And she decided that Oregon was probably the best way to go. So she moves to Oregon to scout out a spot. And I'm with my very old grandfather and very old step-grandmother. Um, and I'm by myself in this school where nobody really likes me and I'm just odd. And I want to say that that was one of the hardest years of my life because my mom was gone up in Oregon for about a year. And I remember my grandparents arguing about how long I was there and feeling like nobody wanted me and not knowing where I belonged ever. Um, They have a program in California where they force children to run around the track to get exercise. And to ensure that you're actually working out, you have to at least get four laps in uh, your lunch break. And you only get a half hour to eat lunch and do the laps. So it just, I never got to have fun, really. Like, I, it was just very dark. Like, it was lonely and dark, and I hated it. And I didn't know anyone, and I didn't have anything, and I... It just sucked. And I want to say that that was about the time that Pluto was going through my stellium. Um, October, October 11th, 1997, my mom finally sent for me and I was on a plane to PDX from San Diego and I couldn't have been happier. I remember though, I left sunny California and I moved up here in October during one of the hundred year floods. 
<laughs> and I ended up like looking at my window and I remember we were on 205 South and at the time we lived our we had our apartment in Milwaukee um and I remember looking out the window as she was taking me home and I just remember seeing all of these trees and it was so wet and it was equivalent to maybe that movie with uh Twilight where she moves from you know sunny Florida to Washington and she just looks outside like it's so dark and dreary. Like, <laughs> you, there's a theme there. Like, it was really sunny and bright in California, right? But it wasn't until I got to Oregon where it was dark and gloomy that I actually felt the sun. I don't think I felt any kind of joy or happiness while I was down there. I mean, I had fun at the beach. I went to the beach a lot with my grandpa because he knew that I liked to swim. So I swam a ton and then I ended up, um, just sort of like, I had the upstairs apartment of the house. And so it was kind of like really weird for a young kid to have such an adult life. Like <laughs> I would walk down to the thriftway and like buy my own stuff like come back up home and like make a play like it was just weird <laughs> my whole like childhood was very odd um so when I moved up to Oregon I actually felt happy and I remember I made my first friends uh I met Justin Pye and Sierra Scott and they were fucking cool uh we made another friend named Danielle like the first time in my life I had friends like fucking real friends and it felt neat you know like I was wanted and my mom fucking worked all the time and I remember she worked night shift and I had to stay at this woman's house named Candy and her house smelled like cigarettes and I had uh I had to go to bed at like eight and I remember I was like staying there five nights a week and because of that I took to my fifth grade teacher Miss Philiberti Mary Jean Filiberti and she would take me and Sierra hiking. She took on like like a mentor role with me and it was really kind of cool. Um as someone who's on the spectrum when I um encounter a profound relationship, I tend to overdo it because of the hyper focus, okay? And it's not with intention of, like, freaking anyone out. It's just that, like, I would call her to see what she was doing. And it turned into, like, something as I got older that faded away. And I realized now looking back, it was probably because I probably, like, did overkill. And I have a hard time with my relationships like that. I've always been, an, like, an all-in kind of gal. Like, I just don't, I don't fucking date like, I'm either in a relationship with you or we're not fucking talking. Like, <laughs> like it's really rare that I'll just fucking talk to someone like that. Like, I, like I want to know your soul. Like, that's, that's pretty fucking Pluto. That's heavy Pluto and Scorpio. I have Mars conjunct Pluto and Scorpio. So conjunct means on top of things, okay? And my Mars and Pluto are about two degrees apart with the south node in Scorpio. So like the heaviest, deepest, most obsessive type of like personality you're going to find. So I'm learning this about myself now looking back. Um, 
But yeah, Miss Filiberti offered a kind of like a mothering role to me because she knew that my mom worked a lot and she knew that I was always at this fucking babysitter's house. Uh, who was just kind of like, you could tell she didn't really care for the kids. She was just getting the paycheck. Like, it was just shit she had to deal with. Uh, she was kind of a stern woman. She actually used to do long haul truck driving. And I remember she had like skin like leather because she tanned a lot and she smoked like a chimney. And it was like, <laughs> and she cursed like a sailor. Like, it was just funny. It was really weird. Why the fuck are we going 40 miles an hour on 205? What the fuck is wrong with people? Jesus Christ. Okay. Sorry, I'm back. Sorry for taking the Lord's name of it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was Candy. Uh, candy was very interesting. And I'm very glad that I didn't have to stay there for much longer than a year. Uh, the bonus of her house is that she did have a trampoline. So when I wasn't, like, bugging Miss Filiberti to take me hiking or, like, hang out or bugging Sierra's family, uh, I was jumping up and down on Candy's trampoline that conveniently was located directly across the street from my big-time crush, Casey Clark. So, I mean, just kind of odd. Like, my... It's just awkward. I've been awkward my whole life. So just imagine this little girl, like, jumping up and down on a trampoline with, like, straight-ass bangs staring over the fence with a low pony like white spandex shirts because I still love the idea of fucking like a Tim McGraw country song um, and like I just got into the role really well so uh, back to it I learned quickly that I was kind of on my own when I got to Oregon and I was cool with it. Like at least I was around my mom because I didn't have her before. So when I got her back and I was around her, it felt at least better than being alone. Um, even if I was alone a lot, which is very weird. Um, I remember having a dream that kind of took me from that really weird place where I was just odd. Uh, I had a dream and I, it was like, I saw myself in the future and I was so beautiful and I was like, wow, I am really pretty. (laughs) And I remember in my dream, I had grown my bangs out and I remember like, that was like, (laughs) It was like a, that movie fucking She's All That where all they had to do was like take her glasses off and she was just like suddenly stunning. Um, that was like me when I had that dream. I had a dream that I had longer bangs and suddenly I was like, I am fucking gorgeous. <laughs> like, give me fucking straight ass bangs and I'm like, I'm hideous. Don't look at me. <laughs> anyway, um, I just thought that was comical. But yeah, that's sort of where I stepped into being like a, like a young woman. Like I had a dream when I was about maybe 10 or 11 is when I had it. In my dream, I, I saw my future self when I was about 15 and it was very strange because it was like actually very close to what I look like at 15. Um, even down to the shirt that I had gotten once as a gift and I didn't even realize that it was similar to the dream that I'd had. Um, but yeah, 
I was walking down the stairs at Milwaukee High School where I did end up going to high school. Didn't know I'd be going there. Um, and I remember I was holding my books and I, and it was like, I had an, like a, like I wasn't in my body, but I was just observing a future timeline. And I just realized that I could be beautiful and I should carry myself like that. And I started to, and that's when I, um, kind of flourished into this really nerdy hot chick. (laughs) I, uh, I was very weird. I wore a Superman shirt every day to school. Because it was actually really what it was. It was the only shirt that didn't have a fucking tag on it. Um, And it was the material that I like, which is like a soft, stretchy cotton. (sighs) I'm kind of rambling, aren't I? I should probably let you go. I don't know. This could be interesting to someone. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I just... I just wanted to talk about my childhood. And like kind of sort of how I came into being this person with a lot of random qualities, (laughs) a lot of random shit, but I think it's important to mention how you grew up and like what contributed to your growth, you know, as a person. Good God. Do people just want to fucking go five miles an hour on Powell? What the fuck is wrong with people? Jesus Christ. God damn. Oh my God. No. (laughs) Sorry. I hate fucking some people can't drive and I don't understand how they got a license and I just want to, I just want to find out where they live so I could drive there and slap them in the face just to tell them you're an idiot. Learn to drive. Okay. Jesus. Of course it's a fucking Prius. This guy is holding up the fucking li- Anyway, um, <laughs> it's so important to talk about how you grow into yourself. <laughs> Anyway, oh, fuck, dude, I gotta go. I'm just rambling. I'm so fucking tired. And it's been a long stretch, and I just... I think that one day my children will talk about how they came into being themselves. Um, And I hope, more than anything, that they don't talk about their sailor mouth-cursing mother... Anyway, uh, have a great day. I'm going to go. This has been weird. (laughs) Talk to you later. Okay, bye.